All right, and welcome back to the Fat Pratt Chat. We're here for the grand finale, tier one of the three behaviors, the three most important, in my opinion, to change if your goal is fat loss and to get as lean as possible. So to review really quick, let's go through tier three. Tier three, we had increasing fruits and vegetable consumption, reducing alcohol, and having one to two days per week of high-intensity cardio. Tier number two, walking more, about 20% more than you currently do, which for the average person would be about 5,000 steps per day. Drinking water, at least one more, at least one more moment of drinking water per day, whether it's the morning or afternoon. How much? Irrelevant. The goal there is primarily to just get in the habit of grabbing the glass, putting the water in it, and drinking it. And then sleep. Figuring out a total duration that you will spend in bed and not putting too much pressure on yourself to be asleep that entire time, but just making sure that you're spending adequate amount of time in bed. Let's say if you wanted to sleep for eight hours a night, then maybe being in bed for nine hours would be the goal there. Now onto tier one we go. So three most important, starting with three, we're going to talk about increasing protein. Number two, reducing calories. And then number one, strength training. Obviously, I'm biased in that I run a personal training business that prioritizes strength training, but I do ultimately think it is probably the most important thing and the easiest lever to pull when it comes to improving your body composition. And what we're going to do at the end of this is if you're watching the video, I'm going to actually show you some of the things that I eat that is high in protein and relatively low in calories that I prioritize. And I don't have a ton of flexibility outside of these things. This is pretty much what I eat 90% of the time. And the 10% of things that I eat are not what I'm about to show you are pretty much dinners out. And whatever the members bring me that when they force feed me food, like uh, cook the cookies we received yesterday, or Donna brings me a peanut butter cracker every morning. So that's part of my daily routine as well. But outside of what I'm going to show you, uh, that probably makes up things I eat outside of what I'm about to show you makes up probably 10% of my diet. So first, let's talk about protein. Number three, we'll say. And protein, I think, is very easy to do more of. And I think a lot of people underconsume it. I know at some point in time, years ago, we went pretty heavy on checking food logs for people. And of the people's food logs that I took a look at, I was very surprised to see how little protein that people were eating. And in conversation, we're getting the same message from people. What do you eat at breakfast? What do you eat at lunch? What do you eat at dinner? Not that we have many of these conversations, but a consistent theme is number one, I would say weekend calories tend to be significantly higher than what most people project. And amount of protein that people have is severely low, especially if it's if we took calories over protein into consideration. A lot of members having a lot more calories than they think they are and not having nearly as much protein than they think they are. But what's most important what's most important is not exactly having the ideal amount of protein. So there's of course these ideal recommendations of per pound of body weight you should have this. Or if you're someone who is really looking to build muscle and you need to eat 1 gram, 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. But ultimately, what I think is most important is that you just do a little bit more than what you are doing now. And that 
is probably how we can reduce the perceived challenge that you may be thinking of when it comes to eating more protein. You may say, oh, I don't think I could eat that much. And because of that, I'm not even going to try. But if we just try to do a little bit more, we could again build some momentum to improving our protein consumption habits. One easy rule that I try to abide by is that every single meal must have protein in it. And so even when some of you guys come in and bring us cookies or cake, I try to have that thing around the same time that I'm going to have a meal that will have protein in it. So I can chalk it up as, yes, I had three cookies, but I also had egg whites with turkey, which is an exact example from yesterday. <laughs> so what are some easy things that we can eat if we are currently not consuming enough protein? And I know for those of you that are vegans and vegetarians, this makes life a little bit more challenging, but hopefully some of these examples will be helpful. Protein shakes, that they they sell them at Costco now too, and that they're in the ready to drink containers. So even easier and that you don't have to get a scooper, put it into a protein shaker bottle or a blender bottle and blend it or shake it. You just simply grab the shake, open it up, start drinking. Greek yogurt, also another good example. And a lot of these, there's a lot of Greek yogurts now that are vanilla flavored or fruit flavored. And they essentially, you just rip it off the top and then you eat. And a lot of those have a good amount of protein and are relatively low in calories. Cottage cheese, pretty close to, especially the fat-free version. The cottage cheese, very high in protein, very low in calories. Deli turkey, beef jerky, protein bars. And then how I would define high protein foods, if you're checking the labels or looking these things up, protein times 10 is more than the total calories. So if you're looking to get 30 grams of protein in a single meal or in a single piece of food that you're about to consume, if you have 30 grams of protein in that thing, you want the calories to be lesser than 300 because 30 times 10 would be 300. So you would want the calories to be a little bit lesser than 300 for it to qualify as what I easily consider to be like a very quick math equation of a high protein food. Now, obviously, the higher the protein with the lower the calories, the better. So trying to choose foods that are clearly high in protein and in comparison to the amount of protein are relatively low in calories, that's a sweet spot when it comes to trying to improve your body composition. Less thinking for each meal is probably super important. So if I personally get to the point that I ask myself, what am I in the mood to eat? I am probably not going to think of a food that is very healthy that fits my protein and calorie goals. If I ask myself, what am I in the mood for? What do I want to eat right now? It is probably going to be something like Reese's peanut butter cups or pizza or a cheeseburger. And if I get to the point that I'm unsure of what my next meal is going to be, I will start thinking along those lines and venturing outside of what I want my meal to look like. What I try to do is I try to know what I'm going to eat and round about what time I'm going to eat it. And I have probably like eight to 12 meals that make up a large, make up the, the majority of my meals on a daily basis. So I try to think of not necessarily things that taste amazing. When you're trying to lose body fat, if you're trying to always eat things that are amazing tasting, I don't know if high in protein and relatively low in calorie foods fit the bill for the most amazing tasting things in the world, but they can taste pretty good. And what I'm trying to strive for is something that tastes pretty good, that I enjoy eating, that for me is about 50 grams of protein and around 500 calories or so. Meals that often make up stuff like that for me, egg whites with a lean meat, omelet, 
So I'll have cheese, turkey, or cheese and chicken with egg whites. That's a common one. Egg whites with a lean meat wrap, egg whites and turkey on a wrap. Just bare chicken. They sell that at Costco. It comes in the green wrapper, green package. I have it over here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you guys a little bit. Turkey burgers, you can just get ground turkey, put it into four, four to six ounce burgers, and uh, putting those on a wheat flat bun that's 100 calories and 20-ish grams of carbohydrates. Chicken sausage wrap, so chicken sausages, putting those on a wrap. Greek yogurt with vanilla or fruit flavor, like I mentioned before. And that is the majority of what I will eat when I'm at home and trying to get a good amount of protein with, without a, a ton of calories in each meal when the goal is to get as lean as possible. Number two now, let's talk about calories. Now, I don't think when we start talking about calories, the immediate eye roll of, I don't want to track my calories. I don't want to stress out over what I'm eating to that degree. And that's fine. I don't think you need to track, but you probably do need something, some sort of strategy that will help you eat fewer calories. So even if you're not going to write everything down and track everything, I think that's totally fine. But you do have to critically think about what you can do on a either every single meal standpoint or in a singular meal to reduce your overall calories. Like most things, I think we just probably need to change one thing. And if we do change that one thing, we're probably in a good spot. So a lot of the habits that we've discussed to this point can help in calorie reduction. For example, drinking more water. Hopefully in drinking more water, we are more full and we're going to eat lesser food. If we eat more fruits and vegetables, there are fewer calories in those foods per bite and per ounce. So if we eat more of that, we'll probably eat less of the foods that are higher in calories. Reducing alcohol. If we simply have less alcohol and maybe drink more water in combination, we're going to consume fewer calories by reducing the alcohol, number one, and we're probably going to make better food choices having alcohol not play a role in our decision-making process of what we should eat. But even if you decided that you're not going to do any of those things that we already discussed, you can still reduce calories. You could have fewer calories per meal. You could eat fewer meals like time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Let's say right now you eat four or five meals per day, including snacks, just eliminating a snack or two or a meal. You could easily reduce your calorie intake over the course of the day. No snacking is a good one. Let's say if you like to eat three meals per day, but you end up snacking here and there at work like me. If you just reduce those snacks, you might be cutting out a few hundred calories per day easily. Knowing exactly what you're going to eat at each meal. If you know when you wake up, you usually like to have this breakfast and this lunch, which isn't super uncommon. It seems like a lot of people, and that is usually very regimented, but a lot of people do not like eating the same thing for dinner has to be a little bit more creative and can be different on a day-to-day -day basis which uh, I would argue that it probably doesn't have to be. And if you find a meal that works really well for you, that you enjoy the taste, that has a good amount of protein in it and isn't too high in calories, I would probably try to ride that train for as long as possible. And I, I know boredom does start to play a role in it, especially when we start to talk about a meal that we have with our family, that's after the workday, that we want to relax and maybe enjoy ourselves a little bit more. That makes total sense. But what has worked for me in the past Time-restricted eating has worked well for me. I've been able to stick to it for anywhere between six to 10 weeks at a time. And eliminating that one meal in the morning has helped me focus on work and not stress out over what I'm going to eat in the morning, even if I do have it planned. But it has helped me stay more productive in the morning. And then once 12 o'clock hits, it's like my reward, if you will, that I can start eating. And I'll have a meal at 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock or so. But now, like we talked about, 
sleep in the last podcast. I may have to change those times if I wanted to both get more sleep and have three meals per day. That being said, let's say in a perfect world, I wanted to do time-restricted eating. Maybe I would eat at 12 o'clock, 3.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. And those would be my three meals per day, which the total, the suffering associated with the time-restricted eating would exclusively be in the morning from my waking hours of, let's say, 4 to 12, which if I am hyper-focused on work, then food plays less of a distracting role in my morning and I'm not necessarily hyper-focused on it that, that entire time. But that has worked well for me in the past. Also, like I mentioned before, the glasses of water between alcoholic beverages helped me a ton in reducing total calories. Uh, setting a very uh, clear plan about what I plan on eating at each meal has been helpful in the past. But things along those lines, I think, can go a long ways in reducing the calories. Sticking to it, of course, is challenging. And if you give yourself too many things to try to stick to, it will make it more challenging to carry out those things. But if it's one or two things that you're trying to improve on, let's say you know historically that you tend to overconsume calories on Friday and Saturday night, which is very common. Maybe trying to eat half as much on Friday and Saturday night is a good first step for you where you can just focus on that one thing and not get all bent out of shape over all the other meals or trying to abide by keto or intermittent fasting or the South Beach diet or Atkins or anything like that. All right, now let's drift into number one. Number one, strength training, which I think is the most underrated when it comes to fat loss. Because if you do it the traditional way, if you do a, a hard set of strength training and you rest for a minute or two, you're not going to feel like you're getting a huge net calorie loss during the workout. And if you're not sweating and breathing hard, then you feel like you're not losing fat. But when being compared to just doing cardio, you will look significantly better if you do strength training. If you are one of those people that feels like you want to lose weight really fast, you will probably do a ton of cardio, you will probably severely restrict your eating, and you will lose a ton of weight very quickly. What you're unaware of is that when you lose a ton of weight very quickly, you are probably losing a ton of muscle, especially if you're not strength training. If you are going to do the necessary things to try to improve your body composition and lose fat, number one, you probably have to reduce your calories. And two, if you strength train while reducing your calories, that's probably the path of least resistance to getting as lean as possible. If you are doing a ton of cardio and you are in a huge deficit in regards to calories, you will lose weight, but some of that weight will be muscle. And the more of that weight that is muscle, the longer it's going to take you to actually look lean despite what the scale says. And I would rather a lot of people lose 10 to 15 pounds and look much leaner than lose 30 pounds and not be as lean. And that does happen. There are plenty of people that will lose 20 to 30 pounds in a six to eight week time frame. They will do tons of cardio. They will not do any strength training. They will be in a severe calorie deficit. They will not prioritize protein. And they will lose a lot of muscle as they lose weight, which overall their body does become smaller, but it doesn't become as lean as you think it would after losing 30 pounds. However, if you go on a calorie restrictive diet that isn't too steep and you prioritize protein and you prioritize strength training and you get your fix of other daily activity and your one to two days a week of maybe high intensity cardio, then you may lose 15 pounds or so. But of those 15 pounds, the majority of it will be fat and you may look significantly better having lost only 15 pounds in comparison to the person that lost 30 pounds the more drastic and cardio-intensive way. 
So you will look and feel better if you do more strength training in comparison to just doing cardio. Now, if you do the strength training in supersets or circuits, you may get your fix from a cardiovascular standpoint. And most of our programming at Pratt Personal Training is done in supersets and circuits. So you can bounce back and forth between two exercises and you will get as much work as you can possibly get done of those strength exercises. But you will get a cardiovascular effect and that your heart rate will be up. And it's not that we are necessarily prioritizing the cardiovascular effect. We do want you to experience the most stress from a muscular standpoint while you're doing those exercises. But having in knowing that you're getting your heart rate up and that you're sweating that you're breathing hard, it will give you that feel like you are losing more fat, even though it's not necessarily the priority of that given circuit. The circuit will be to try to improve your strength, get you stronger, and uh, improve your muscle mass. If there's an action step here, it might be just to add one day, especially if you're currently not going to the gym. If you're going to the gym zero days per week right now, maybe just adding one day will be super helpful, and maybe it's just 30 minutes but that will at least get you some exposure. And outside of what we do at Pratt Personal Training with a small group and uh, small group personal training and custom programs, if you're someone who's not working out right now, hiring a trainer, even for a one-on-one -on -one trainer, even if it's 150, even if it's $200 an hour, it's probably worth it. If you can learn a bunch of exercises over a four to eight week timeframe of hiring a personal trainer and you pay 150 an hour for a very good personal trainer, because honestly, if you're paying less than $100 an hour for your personal trainer, I don't know if it's going to be you know, one of the better personal trainers in, that the industry has to offer. But if you're paying $150 an hour, you're probably getting a very good personal trainer. You're working one-on-one, -on -one, you're learning a lot, and hopefully you even like it. And maybe if the financial investment feels steep and you only think you could do it for four to eight weeks or so, maybe you like it enough that you realize sacrificing some other things is more worthwhile than you thought. If you go out to dinner every Friday and you spend 200 bucks a week at dinner, then maybe hiring a personal trainer at 150 starts to feel like it's something that's a better investment for you than that. In regards to getting leaner, if you want to get leaner and look more toned, simply having more muscle and not having fat is what gets you to have a more lean, more toned appearance. And I know a lot of people are fearful of putting on too much muscle but it's simply just not going to happen for you. I just haven't had, uh, I've, I haven't had a conversation with many people. I will say of the thousands of people that we've worked with and that I've worked with since in the last 15 years of being a personal trainer, I just haven't had many conversations with people that have said, with this strength training we're doing, I am just putting on so much muscle that we need to change up these strategies. So keeping your muscle and or putting on some muscle while attempting to reduce your calories to lose fat is the best strategy that you can apply to getting leaner. You do not want to lose your muscle while trying to lose weight by doing just cardio. So every time that you want to go on a quick fix weight loss strategy and you are doing just endless bouts of like very challenging, brutal, lay on the ground for 20 minutes afterwards type of cardio, just ask yourself if that's really what is best for you to get as lean as possible, or are you incorporating a strategy that has you losing muscle with fat, that even if you do lose 30 pounds, you probably won't look and feel as good as you expect to. And maybe a goal of 15 pounds of weight loss while incorporating a high degree of strength training 
would get you to your goals faster and be more sustainable. All right, so tier one, pro number three, protein, number two, calories, and number one, strength training. Now, quick, what I'm going to do, I'm going to grab some of these things. So if you're actually watching the video, I'll show you some of these. But we will start with egg whites. I had to dip into the fridge to get some of this stuff. But for the egg whites, essentially pure protein. For three tablespoons, there's five grams of protein and 25 calories, zero grams of fat, zero carbohydrates. The just bare chicken, I'm, I'm assuming it's pronounced bare, just bare chicken, 160 calories, 16 grams of protein. It has seven grams of fat and nine grams of carbohydrates. So in the rule of protein times 10 being equal to the calories or the calories being lesser than, this just fits the bill of that. Protein, 16 calories, 160. Deli turkey. So I like to get these in the packages already because it shows how many slices equal a serving. So for this Trader Joe's organic oven roasted turkey breasts, we have 45 calories and 10 grams of protein and just a half a gram of fat, no carbohydrates, pretty much pure protein. Smoked salmon, Trader Joe's everything but the bagel. This whole thing is four ounces, so this makes up one meal. Honestly, this plus some. If I have this, I'll probably have a Greek yogurt with it. And this is 160 calories and 22 grams of protein. What other macro? We have uh, seven grams of fat in this whole thing and no carbohydrates. And then sweet Italian chicken sausage, also from Trader Joe's. This is 110 calories and 12 grams of protein. So this just fits the bill of uh, protein being 12, protein times 10 is 120, and the calories are 110. So perfect there. Now, with all of these, with all of these protein sources, I'm a big sandwich guy. So I, I love putting the meat on some sort of sandwich. Now, how do we make our meals a sandwich without having a ton of extra carbohydrates that take us out of our calorie goal per meal? So I'll show you some of these. Three options I have in the fridge right now. One is Mission Carb Balance. And this is 110 calories per wrap. And it has nine grams of protein. So pretty good here in regards to the calories and the protein in and of itself. But having this with either the chicken sausage or with the salmon or with uh, the turkey, pretty good option there. This this is labeled keto-friendly 647 wheat bread. Now, this bad boy has 40 calories per slice of bread, two grams of protein. But essentially, two of these slices is only an extra 80 calories, and you just stack as much meat as you could possibly get on here if you're going turkey sandwich or chicken sandwich or anything like that. And then this is the multigrain slims. And these multigrain slims are 100 calories, and they have four grams of protein. But again, basically putting as much protein as possible on either these sandwich thins, on the 647 bread, or on this mission wrap, getting as much protein on those and turning it into a sandwich that is very high in protein and relatively low in calories, that's the primary goal there. Hopefully this was helpful. This is our last part of our three-part, three-tier order of importance in regards to fat loss. And again, this changes per person because it, uh, it highly depends on your current competency at doing some of these things and also your current desire to and willingness to change some of these things because all of that stuff definitely matters. So if you guys have any questions on any of these things, feel free to reach out. Hopefully this was helpful. 
Uh, if it is for someone that you can think of, make sure you send it to them. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace.